This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon. <laughs> Just going to keep chiming in right as you're about to start yeah. here. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> All right. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 76. I am your host, Adam Bell, and joining me always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? fantastic but you know what's hilarious as you were reading the intro to us i was like i was you know reading along with you mentally and it was like i am your host peter nicolette he got the name wrong you know i said the same <laughs> thing in my head i was about ready to say i'm peter nicolaitis and i was like why would i ever say that i mean i <laughs> I, you know, not to sound too egotistical, but I'm sure you're not the only person who's had that mind. And, you know, like, you know what? I wouldn't mind being Peter Nicolaitis. It's all right. Oh, oh man. Especially this week, because I'm having a I'm having a really good week. Good. So, you know, I get to podcasts with my friend here. Podcasts. Podcasts, which is kind of funny because this is not the first time that I've been on a podcast where we refer to it as the Podcats. <laughs> kind of hilarious. Nice. So yeah, so we are now podcasting. All right. <laughs> and yeah, there you go. You're gonna ask me some questions, and we have podcasts. I'm gonna ask you some questions on the podcasts. You betcha. <laughs> nice oh brother all right so so so, talk to me what's going on so i i figured we'd do the you know that because we're still eligible for the nfl draft at this point you know we're still doing the old man report making sure you know because whether we're on active or uh almost active and that kind of thing so so how you feeling today you uh Today, today I'm feeling good. Um, I've been doing in, infrequently, but you know, somewhat sporadically, I've been doing my uh, exercises for my tennis elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much better. The shoulder is better, and I mean, I'm throwing the the, the shotgun approach at it. I'm using capsaicin, um, Tiger Bomb variants, patches, <laughs> uh, kinesiology tape, copper compression sleeve. I took a um, one of those, I forget what they're called, those little bands that you're supposed to put either under under the elbow or under your knee when you're running. Mm-hmm. Not, not like braces or something, but they just like compress the tendons underneath. I took one, an extra one that I had for my knee and pulled it down to the absolute smallest setting and I put it around there. Um, he I passed a, out. <laughs> cut off circulation. Had to amputate the leg. Uh, um, oh, that has been a great week. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm hobbling a little bit, but I'll recover. Um, and I also bought a uh, Tens uh, electric stimulation unit, and I've been mm-hmm. using that. And that's uh, that's interesting. So uh, it's kind of fun. And you know, if I put it right on the um, in the right area, I can make myself twitch to a certain you know beat of music. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, well, my sister did something similar to that. Uh, she was like mixing lip balms, and like she was experiencing one thing and was trying something else, and her lips swelled up like she had collagen stuck stuck in them and she went to the doctor and th- told the doctor all the things that she was doing for her for her chapped lips and they were all swollen and everything's like stop (laughs) (laughs) huh doctor it hurts when i do this (laughs) stop it stop it yeah i like that i like that stop Oh, so so I'm doing pretty good this week myself. I uh, had a pretty good week of CrossFit. My knee's still eh, a little iffy, but I I did I avoided the things that really kill it. And uh, you know, in the uh, praises of yoga, stretching helps it every time. Makes me feel better and move better. That's gotta be a um, that's got that should be a uh, segment on the podcast in praise of yoga. <laughs> yeah, how good it's done for me lately. 
No maced. No maced. No maced. No masty. Namaste in bed. So, um, yeah, um, on the yoga front, an announcement went out uh, to my Krav Maga school that I'll be uh, teaching a six-week uh, uh, intro to yin yoga class for uh, especially for uh, Krav Maga and martial artist uh, martial arts practitioners at my school. Well, and if, and if they don't listen to you, you could they beat them up. Be, they will be in pain. <laughs> they will be. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I so. will disarm you <laughs> and throw Arr. you down. <laughs> well, some of these could could some of these folks could probably defend themselves. So I don't know. I'm not going to go and uh, make too many idle threats. You know. Yeah. So. Well, you wait. Some till. of them. Some of them, uh, I could take them. You got to wait till they're in frog pose. I mean, it's tough to get out of that spot in a very quick, quick manner. <laughs> yeah, they're they're harder ones though. Shoelace <laughs> yeah. pose, Gomukhasana. I don't. Like yeah, you, that one's just. It, I don't even know what that is. Oh, you. It, um, I refer to it as tie yourself up in a pretzel pose. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have to so, worry about that because <laughs> you know, not they, that flexible. Not right? that flexible. <laughs> There, now, there's a there are a number of ways to get into uh, Gomukhasana. Um, the way I like to essentially the, what you what you'll wind up is your um, your feet are crossed in front of you at the knees. Mm-hmm. So so your feet are pointing out. So your left foot is on your right side and your right foot is on your left side. You're crossed at the knees and ideally in the full extension you're seated. And then some people will take it and extend it and do eagle arms. Mm-hmm. So your arms are crossed in one to three places in front of your face. So you're like, your legs are tied up, your arms are tied up, and you're sitting there still. And if you do that as a yin pose and you hold it for, you know, three to five minutes, you're not coming out of that one anytime <laughs> quick. Well, apparently I must like yin poses because I like to get into a position and just kind of stay there for mm-hmm. I like a minute is the short 90 seconds is kind of my minimum in yep. any pose of what i like so hey, that's right that my rally. does seem to sound like you like yin poses <laughs> yes you're good my uh my eagle pose that you just tried to do or just did right you know yep. the most i can do is hold to my thumb i can grab my thumb <laughs> I've got to hold on to it. That's the only way I can hold, get it. <laughs> well, that's okay. Cause if you can't, and you know, this would be helpful, like for our, our listeners, if they were also our viewers, but <laughs> yeah. since you're not, you can't see what I'm doing. But, but if you can't do full on Eagle pose, which is essentially wrapping one elbow under the other, and then wrapping the arms around each other, you know, at the forearms or maybe at the wrists, you can just put your two forearms together, you know, mm-hmm. so put your, palm, put your palms together, then put your elbows together, then raise your elbows so that they're parallel to the floor mm-hmm. and that hands are pointing straight up. That's a variation of Eagle Pose that's more accessible. Cool. If that doesn't work, you can just give yourself a hug. <laughs> yeah. Right? Grab the shoulders. That's, that's going to still expand the shoulders, you know, and then if you take a deep breath and breathe into your upper back, you still get that that stretch a little more in there yeah yeah so it doesn't really stretch the forearms as as much but it you know it still gets the the backside which Mm -hmm. is one of the target areas so there's your yoga that's your lines yoga minute (laughs) yoga minute nice so i wanted to tell you uh so i saw your 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 elbow brace and we talked about knee braces so i've got some knee braces that i have owned and used since 1993 Wow. I don't have any of that. I have used some (laughs) since 1993, but I haven't had the same ones since. So, yeah. And and they are starting to show. I mean, you can imagine they're starting to show. Uh, So the guys at CrossFit have been giving me a hard time because my knees have been bothering me. So I just pretty much am wearing them all the time. Uh, But. You know, so I'm going to get some new ones. But, I, you know, of course, you Good know, idea. the joke is, uh, what am I going to do with the old ones? I'm going to put the old ones. My my coach drives a Jeep, and he always leaves the top off in the summertime. So he's going to have some knee braces under the back seat when I retire them. <laughs> kind of like a fish under there. <laughs> but 
So What's I mean, that smell? Oh, it's Adam's old knee braces. So I'm definitely going to try those copper knee braces that you yep. or the knee sleeve. I'm looking for sleeves. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say there's there's differences than a, than a brace and a sleeve because I have used a number of knee braces, but the one that I have used consistently, not so much lately, but the one that I used for the longest is from um, Corflex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's C-O-R-F-L-E-X. Um, it's a light, low-profile one, but the reason I liked it is, number one, it was fairly small, and number two, it has a patella uh, buttress on the outside, so it keeps the patella from riding out, okay. which, which mine do. Mm-hmm. So you've got that anterior um, you know, patella slide that it stops. These days, if I'm running enough, I don't need that as much, and a compression sleeve is enough to keep the the knee the the um, the patella from from wobbling. Yeah. So that's mostly what I'm using. But um, I'll still put that on sometimes for Krav Maga. If there's any any chance that um, that I might actually get impacted, mm-hmm. where it's not like it's not armor, but it does give a, a fair amount of protection. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I wear those, and then of course, if I'm mountain biking, I have knee pads and elbow pads and shin guards. And when I do jujitsu, I have a pair of um, Asics uh, volleyball um, volleyball knee pads that I use. Oh, nice. Um, so the uh, I'd put a note on there for roller derby. So one morning, I was going to the gym, and I had my knee braces on. I put my knee braces on on the way to the gym so that the warming effect can happen. I mean, they're neoprene. You know, yep. I'll get good 15 minutes of warm-up. I mean, just my knees being warmer before I actually start working out. So I stopped at the gas station. I had my shorts and my knee braces on. And this old woman uh, came up to me and she said, What are you doing? <clears throat> I'm like, well, I'm pumping gas. And she's like, you look like, are you going to a roller derby? <laughs> yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the gym. I mean, and this is like 5 o'clock in the morning. And she asked me if I'm going to a roller derby. You might be one of those early morning roller derby types. <laughs> so I guess maybe I look like a bruiser, you know. And, you know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I watch the roller derby. <laughs> yeah, they call me Flash. Or Flash. <laughs> I'm the gladiator. <laughs> well, they do look, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's an interesting look sometimes when I go out. You know, I've got um, what, what I think is hilarious is how my injuries sort of, they, they go in a zigzag pattern. So for a while I had uh, my left foot was hurting because I was wearing bad shoes and my gait was off. My right knee was off. My left hip hurt. My right thumb and wrist were hurt. My left elbow was hurt. And my right uh, clavicle was broken. So oh, wow. literally, you know, <laughs> yeah. left, left, right, left, right, as you can just zigzag pattern up or, up or down my body. It's pretty funny. Yeah, you carry your chart like uh, uh, the dude in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Saves time. <laughs> it saves time. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a lot like uh, you know you've got the 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 chiropractor or the acupuncturist will have a chart of the meridians and stuff. This is my my zigzag injury patterns. Yeah. <laughs> so what else we got? What's going on? Well, so so we had homework. Did you? We do had. Homework? So we so listener, we had to we had some homework, but it wasn't as easy to do as we thought it would be. So we just kind of had to uh, wing it, <clears throat> and 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 my winging it, and, and we didn't communicate well other than we texted at each other a couple times. <laughs> but finally, I said, "Well, since we don't have common microbreweries between the northeast and the mm-hmm. middle south, the yep. I guess we're just going to have to maybe aim for similar types." And I went for summer refresher. So my target was to find a refreshing summer beer that would be great after mowing the lawn. Okay. So I did not do that as part of this homework assignment, but I do have a summer refreshing beer that does indeed taste great after mowing the lawn. So I can participate. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and then we'll... uh, 
So what I found is <clears throat> it is Mother Earth Brew Company. I actually don't know where they're. I didn't do any research on them. From Mother Earth, of course. From Mother Earth, Earth, of course. So what I thought was interesting was I, I generally like a blonde ale. <clears throat> yep. Uh, and my wife's a blonde, so I always, you know. That's, that's good. just kind of extra appeal, you know. <laughs> but this the, is where I'm supposed to say I like porters and stouts and my girlfriend. <laughs> or, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I because <laughs> I like... <laughs> I like a coffee stout. That's my favorite. So, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but so the it says tasting notes, toasted biscuit and clean, toasted crisp biscuit. Yeah. So I was like, toasted biscuit. What's that going to uh, what's that going to taste like? And at first it's like I didn't taste any toasted biscuit. No biscuit. <laughs> no biscuit. Bad uh, beer. <laughs> but, no biscuit. But, oh, yeah. And by the way, it's uh, so Mother Earth Brew Company, and it's Born Blonde. And that's the, that's the brew. So okay. I, I even wrote up a review. I'm like, hey, this almost sounds poetic. So I wrote, it's got a citrus light grapefruit. Uh, do, you, do you eat grapefruit like fresh grapefruit? I do, and it's interesting that you should mention that, but I will tell you why when I do my <laughs> review. Carry okay. on. So so this tasted like a Swedish, not not the country, sweet-ish grapefruit. So a grapefruit that's not real bitter, kind of like a uh, a pink one. Yep. That's, that's uh, you know, it's... Red. Yeah, yeah. So it had, uh, and it, it was light. I mean, it was a real light grapefruit taste. And it was really the hops is what I was tasting, but it kind of did the same thing. And it had, so it was lightly bittered slash hopped. So if you don't like IPA, or if you love IPAs, you would consider this to be like super mild. Gotcha. Uh, uh, it's, it's equivalent to an ale hopping. So it's, okay. I mean, it's real lightly hopped. Yep. Uh, it does have a citrus mouthfeel, like uh, like if you've eaten a grapefruit or something like that. The kind okay. of the, the light oil mouthfeel. So it's not. Okay. It, I mean, it, there was no oil to it. It's just the mouthfeel. Um, I didn't taste the biscuit at first until I sat for a little bit. It's more of an aftertaste, and it's like a long, long aftertaste. So you okay. don't. You don't even taste that until like, I don't know, like a couple minutes after you've not had the beer in your mouth. And then you're like, oh, I can taste that. That's a long haul. That's a to, to wait for, you know? Yeah. Because, well, I'd actually given up on it. I was real. I mean, I don't. I was, well, that's what I was like. I was like, well, I just really don't taste any biscuit to this. Uh, you know, and I was like, well, maybe it's just really, really subtle. And uh, but then I was doing, you know, I was making dinner at the same time, and then I was like, oh yeah, now I get it. But but it was really good. It was uh, it was definitely uh, a reasonably it was a reasonably priced microbrew. I want to say it was like eight dollars for a six pack, which for a okay. microbrew, it's not bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Around here, they're usually ten to twelve to fifteen, depending on the brew. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they have a cream ale. The same company has a cream ale that I haven't tried. Uh, but the guy at the checkout said, "If you ever see it, you should get it because we can't keep it." Okay. <laughs> so, so I figured I'd try that. But yeah, so it's definitely good. And and I did literally drink it after mowing the lawn, and it was perfect. All right. <laughs> you never okay. get it on the first. I mean, you never find a great beer on the first try, cold in a <laughs> brew well, store. Know, man. But, but <laughs> What's your zip code? Three seven zero seven five. Three seven zero seven five. All right. So you, my friend, should head on down to your local Kroger. Okay. Which is in Hendersonville. I have a or, Kroger. Or Publix. I have a or Poor Vu Market. Poor Vu is where I got my, uh, my my beer, and they're also my client. Okay. Excellent. You should definitely go there. <laughs> I then. should definitely go to Poor Vu. <laughs> and you should tell them that your friend recommended a Schufferhofer. Schufferhofer. 
Schofferhofer Grapefruit Beer. B-I-E-R. Beer. Yes, no, beer. It's, it's so, not a shanty? It is a grapefruit shanty. Okay. But it is the world's first Hefeweizen grapefruit beer, and it is from Germany. So this is why the last thing I mentioned, I, I texted you last night, is that we might want to do imports because mm -hmm. that is something that should be equally difficult for us to get. <laughs> as, <laughs> as opposed to me going for New England and New York microbrews and you going for down south. Yeah. Um, but uh, Schofferhofer, is, like I said, it's, it's German, as you should be able to tell by the name. Um, it's a 50-50 blend of Schofferhofer Hefeweizen and 50% carbonated grapefruit juice 100 percent national national natural ingredients <laughs> uh, i like on their website they say it's currently available in 11.2 fluid ounce bottles and a brand new dare we say sexier 16.9 fluid ounce can oh it's it's like a red bull can yes and it does <laughs> kind of look like that which is hilarious um so uh, I like it. I first discovered it a few years ago, and it is delicious. It's only, if I recall correctly, uh, according to Rate Beer, 2.5% alcohol. Okay. Which makes sense. If you take about a 5% Hefeweiss and you dilute it by half, then, you know, there you go, 2.5%. <laughs> um, and around like 130 calories for one of those 11, you know, 11 ounce servings. Mm -hmm. um, so you can pound these. <laughs> it's it's very sweet because, again, you know, you're, you're talking fruit juice. Um and it is delicious it's very easy to drink the only bitterness when you're talking about like the hoppiness um there's none of that to speak of from the beer mm -hmm. the only bitterness is an extremely mild bite from the grapefruit but again not that much and they you know they use like pink or you know red grapefruits in this um really nice really pleasant doesn't get you drunk like you you have to really drink a lot to get drunk on two and a half percent alcohol yeah. um and it's priced fairly well last i checked i think it was around 12 bucks for a um uh for a uh it's either 12 or like 14 dollars for a 12 pack okay so it's okay. pretty cheap but again you know you're talking half price even though it's import it's it's only half beer <laughs> so you know it's it's comparable to the what you'd pay for a six pack so um but that is my go-to summer beer uh okay. i definitely you know rejoice when i see it show up uh, around you know late spring early summer mm -hmm. and uh when i start to seeing it dwindle in uh, supplies dwindle in the stores i always make sure i grab a little extra because i can drink this all year round but especially on a hot day yeah well i'll have to give that a try because i know uh i know my wife likes the shandy Yep. Uh, there's another one. It's in an orangish can. I'll have to, I don't remember which one it is, but they had that. And I saw this. I saw this at Port Vue, so I know they have it. Yep. Because so, I perused highly, the aisles. Highly, <laughs> highly recommended, Schofferhofer. So, so um, yeah, we should, uh, we should definitely keep, um, keep this uh, homework assignment going because uh, this could be a fun segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what are are we going to continue on the uh, summer theme during summer? Oh, why not? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Sounds it's, good. It's too bad I, I when I'm in Mexico I can't uh, test Mexican brews while I'm there. I mean it's it's frowned upon in the mission trip. <laughs> yeah, I can sort of see how that might be a trip. <laughs> a little difficult. Yeah, but yeah, I get it. Work. The, the one you described though had me uh, thinking back to my favorite brewery uh, Omegang mm -hmm. and they have uh, something called the Nomagang Blonde Ale yeah which I uh, I might have to look for and uh, grab again I haven't seen it this year at um, at Wegmans but I'm sure the other places would have it now so that's a, that's a nice one too yeah it's too bad they don't I thought I looked up Omegang and I don't think they had any down here that's yeah. too bad from so. cooperstown new york so yeah that's a long way might to be, go might be hard to get down that far south you know mm -hmm. <laughs> well my neighbor behind me he used to work for budweiser and budweiser was actually uh 
getting into the microbrew and a lot of little things and you know of course they were branching out with bud light lime and then those things uh so now so now there's, uh. <laughs> there's all kinds of brews like that but now he works for a different he's a distributor for a different uh company and uh you know I, every time i go over there he sends me home with like three or four different brews as many as i can carry <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, like I've been over there, like uh, for Halloween. He's like, "Come on in, have a beer." I'm like, "Man, I can't. My kids are walking away. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've got to go with them. <laughs> I will not get Parent of the Year if I stay here and drink beer with you while they go trick or treating." <laughs> and you see, if he was a good, uh, a good salesman, he would say, "Oh, okay. Here's a couple for the kids too." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently this guy's slacking <laughs> oh okay so so what else is happening um not much other than people are not reading they don't read good people don't read good people really don't read good they are really good at don't reading <laughs> I have so, so one of my clients, we have a, um, a provisioning request form, and it's for use uh, if you need to grant a third-party remote access into the system. And, um, you know, for what could be, but probably aren't obvious reasons, it's bad to just open up your IT systems to just anybody. Right? That should be obvious, but some people still ask me why some days. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to authenticate this and you want to control it and make sure only that uh, access goes out only to those people who need it. And to do this, you need a process. You need to know who's asking for it before you grant it. All right. Now, there are times where you might ask, uh, like, like you might need to give a vendor remote access. Now, um, if you're working with a small business client, it's not uncommon for there to be a single IT vendor and for them to have access to all systems on you know the system on the network right but for larger organizations you are most likely going to have many vendors and many systems to which they need access so you need to authenticate these you need to make sure that whoever is asking for access actually has the um the rights to grant this request you don't want to just say well Bob works at IBM, therefore he can give, you know, Joe Vendor access into these systems. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. So if you have a new vendor who needs access to a new system uh, at this client, there's a provisioning request form. And it assumes that you have a vendor who does not yet have remote access to a system that has not yet been configured for remote access. And right at the top of the form, in large friendly letters, it says, if you are requesting access to a system that already exists, or you're just asking for changes to a vendor who has already been provisioned in the system, do not use this form. (laughs) Last week, we got three new requests for vendor access. Guess how many of them already had access to the existing systems three three (laughs) and the week before there was another one (laughs) oh so i take that back i take that back the week before there were two (laughs) so that's annoying So I am working with them to try to automate the process and have it check automatically and say, hmm, looks like this vendor already has, you know, access. Don't use this form. Go here. Mm-hmm. Redirect to the appropriate location. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've, I, I don't know why this brought to mind. I guess it brought to mind. So DNS, I'm just going to give a, a, a slight lesson on DNS for anybody who's listening who might be a business owner who has a website. If you have a website, don't let your web dude take your DNS. <laughs> Meaning your registration, your name servers, all that. Because we got a request today from one of our clients. They've got a new website, 
uh, with a with a, a vendor, and that's fine. We don't do websites. I mean, so we'll work with the vendor, whatever they need. And mm-hmm. uh, they said, well, we need you to change the name servers to point to our name servers. I'm like, well, we we control their email. We control their SPF records. We control all the things that make their mm-hmm. their not just their website, but all the things that have to work related to their domain name. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many of our clients give that control over to the web guys yep. who don't know what they're doing. No offense to the web guys from a, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to making web pages. So right. it's fair <laughs> for me to say I am not an expert in your world and you're not an expert in my world. So, I mean, that's a fair statement, I think. Uh, but we've got so many things that are dependent upon DNS and then they want to take it over to a company called Cloudflare. Well, deprecated DNS. It does, you know, I need an SPF record. I need specialized records to prove that we are who we say we are and we're not spammers. Yep. And the web developer doesn't know how to make those things. Right. (laughs) Just tell me. (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned this because at this very moment right now, we are in the process of migrating one of our clients. And uh, in this case, we are the ones requesting DNS. Mm Mm-hmm. But since we're both managing and hosting their website and their email and pretty much everything about it, I, I have requested that they give it to us. But it's just so that, we, you know, we're, we're controlling the vertical and the horizontal on this one. Mm-hmm. So, but I know exactly what you're talking about is because essentially you've got two, two service providers, both sort of competing for control. Mm-hmm. And whomever does the you know it, it's hard because every time i've been on the receiving end when i've had to be the client to someone else managing dns they have always screwed it up yeah yeah yep. i know what you're talking about there well <laughs> and 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 here's the thing the the web developer the web hosting they only really need like two records yeah generally you know, they may need a an an a record for the the www and a c name for everything else that goes to website.com you know or you know ftp might have some special things but two or three records is all they need i need a bunch of records so it makes more sense for me to update a couple records for them when they need them yep and web developers come and go. I mean, in this company, this is the third web designer I know that they've used. Mm-hmm. They've had one IT company the whole time. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a web developer pretty much, if they don't, unless they use a different designer, uh, it's going to be the same website. I mean, you're like, well, I don't really like the way this feels anymore. I want something new. Yep. Well, then we need to get a different, you know, creative on this. <laughs> yep. No, I've I've gone through. I've been on the you know both ends of the DNS changes many times. I remember um, we used to do a lot of work with a local Vermont ISP, and um, they used to say in their template email, you know, like we we like to control the DNS for uh you know for for our customers if we're hosting their email or or whatnot and i was like yeah you like to you don't do it right but you like to (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) we want to do it whenever we have the whim and we're going to do it wrong well the way they would always do it let's say so let's just imagine you're an existing business right you're already out there you're on the you're on the web you've got email going and you've got a website well what happen is these guys would take the um take your dns and then just populate it with their own records so all of a sudden they would just assume that mail was coming to their servers but they didn't have any mailboxes configured for you yet (laughs) they would just assume that all web traffic to your domain was coming to their servers but they wouldn't have a website set up for you yet you know it's like saying you're changing your forwarding address to this new location, but you can't receive mail there. <laughs> yeah. Or you're cha- you know, you're porting your telephone number to say, you know, to a new provider, except when it calls, it just gets dead air. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's exactly what these people did. And they did it time and time again. <laughs> After the third time they did this, I'm like, no, you can't have my DNS and my customer's DNS. I am not giving it to you. It's you've screwed up enough. And they're like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> so, and then well, one of my, uh, actually one of their former employees now works for me. He's a good friend of mine. And he explained it. He's like, well, the thing is, everything there was written by one guy and it was all a script. So the only way anybody knew how to get DNS over was to run the set up this domain script. Oh. And there was no customization and nobody knew how to go outside that. So that's what all they had. And then they're like, oh, well, here's your new DNS. You know, here's your new website and email info. Just go set up stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's horrendous. <laughs> well, and then kind of to clarify, we don't own the DNS either. What we do is we we put their we like GoDaddy because GoDaddy's got the whatever settings that we need, but we'll get them. GoDaddy's their, got the the hot chicks in their ads, right? Is that what right, you're saying? Right. Yeah, that's a good reason <laughs> to buy them. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's just an easy vendor for us to use. Yep. Uh, but the client owns the records, and then we have permission to do technical support. So if they ever do replace us as a technical support company, they still own everything. They still pay for everything. They, you know, we just don't step in the middle there because there's no, there's no real money to be made in DNS and there's no reason to hold my clients hostage like that because it's mm-hmm. just such a hassle. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, we do it just to, so that we know it's getting done and so our client doesn't have to worry about it. And that's like they don't have because I've worked with customers who are like that. Their email was hosted in this place. Their website was hosted in that place. They had another website over there in this place. And then they had this special donations website over there. But their DNS was hosted over here. And, you know, the, the password was the name of the person who held this position to, to, you know, people ago. It's <laughs> or the, just, pa- the username. Well, you remember back, back in the early days, there was no complex password set up. It, like these DNS, your password could be four characters and it could be one, two, three, four. <laughs> Yep. Because I had a client that that that's what their password was. I mean, oh, it's like it hurts. (laughs) (laughs) My um, one one of my clients went to uh, the Gartner Security Conference last week. Uh huh. He he came back with a beer cozy, and it said, "I drink because your password is password." (laughs) Yeah. Well, I had a client that he 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 signed up for something. And he signed up with his password as his username. And it was a yeah. password that he used for other things. And uh-huh. re- he refused to change it. Oh, how is he going to remember it if he does? <laughs> yeah. Last month, um, LogMeIn and LastPass released a, uh, a white paper, a report. It's called The Psychology of Passwords. And um, we should we should definitely throw that a link to that in the show notes because it was fascinating. A lot of people just don't get it. They don't understand that, you know, you don't need to know your password if you have it stored someplace safely and securely and it's easily accessible to you. Mm-hmm. It's the whole point. But there are so many people like, no, I have to use the same password everywhere. Uh, I have seen so many creative password fails. It's not funny. <laughs> I had a client who stored his password in the um, Mac OS contacts application. Yeah. <laughs> and he stored it in the, the, um, uh, the name field of the company. So, for instance, his Bank of America password, we'll just say it was password. So... He one time got an email. It, it, one day he's, he's freaking out. He calls me. He's like, someone's hacking me. I'm like, what's going on? He says, like, I'm getting email. And in the email, it's showing the password. I was like, what are you talking about? I had to finally see it because in the from field, it showed the password. I was like, this is bizarre. Well, what? Where, who knows these passwords? Nobody knows these passwords. Okay, well, where do you store them? How do you keep track of them? Oh, they're, it's in contacts. So let me see where you're putting that. 
And he was putting it in the one of the name fields in the contacts. <laughs> like middle name. Peter. Right. Peter <laughs> Password, password Nicolaitis. <laughs> so the email comes in and Apple Mail, look, because he was using Apple Mail, Apple Mail knows about Apple contacts. It's like, oh, Peter at, you know, whatever.com, that must be Peter Password Nicolaitis. So this email's from, <laughs> boom, here's your password. And I was just like, what the ever loving blank are you doing putting your passwords in your contacts <laughs> don't no it's a contact manager use a password manager to manage passwords use a contact manager to manage your contacts it mm -hmm. really makes a lot of uh, anyway yeah so that was fun that yeah. uh, was hilariously yeah. fun oh what did uh, i do? what did i do what? one time oh um, I, one time i accidentally shared a spreadsheet with I was in a producers club group and I back before we do IT glue now so we've got all of those passwords stored but I had a really old spreadsheet with passwords in it it was just for one client and I accidentally sent sent it to the producers club group oh and so these are eight IT guys you know high level oh. people I don't know exactly what comes next but you deserved it well they said <laughs> Uh, I said, I said, why? Well, I, I mean, as soon as I sent it, I immediately started changing passwords. I, mean, I changed <laughs> firewall passwords. I changed, I changed every password that every everything that was referenced in that site. I changed it or in that spreadsheet, and I told the guys, I said, you know, just throw that away, thanks. And they're like, I've already changed all the passwords. They're like, why'd you change the passwords? You you have to do it. You can trust us. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you betcha. Yeah. Oh man. I think I was. I, I think I accidentally shared it from Drive or something. Mm -hmm. I just shared it, and it's like, oh no, mistake. Well, well, I was just working a case with a um, with a hospital, and they were they're investigating a, n a number of uh, potential data breaches, and one of the funny things is their teachings during their orientation they teach people not to email any sensitive data any phi right personal health info mm -hmm. um via email unless you're doing it internally and in no. which case okay uh-huh no you see the problem with that <laughs> no. there's this is bad for two reasons number one Outlook and lots of email, all email clients these days, always try to be very helpful and autocomplete your recipient. So when you start typing their name, maybe I work for you and I'm Peter so-and-so, but Outlook may autocomplete and you may not catch that and you may send that document to external Peter so-and-so. So that's a problem. Number two, you're teaching people the wrong thing. If you have to teach people it's okay to do this sometimes, but other times you do something else. Nope, that is just wrong. <laughs> yeah. You need one procedure, and that's why I have been telling these people for two years, no, your procedure should be, if you're sending PHI, it has to be encrypted, period. period. <laughs> not if it's fewer than 100 records, not if it's going to an external sender, not if it's a day of the week that you know starts with a T, Period. And it's just like I, I was reviewing um, safety procedures for an active shooter situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, this institution had uh, had instructions. They said, well, if you're at this location, dial 911. But if you're at this location, dial the internal extension for the security office. But don't <laughs> dial 911. I was like. No, in a crisis scenario, when I've got a lunatic running around shooting people, you want me to stop and think, well, wait a minute, now, do I dial 911 here or is it, do I dial, you know, zero for the operator and then ask to transfer to CI? I'm not, bang, ow. Yeah. Yeah, ow. Like, no, this is just completely wrong. So, stuff like that just bugs me. Well, you're As talking you about probably the, tell. The, the PHI. I had a, or I have a client that they said, that they were emailing because I, I asked them I said are you mailing patient information when they give us permission to 
I said, oh, no, 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 you can't. You can never email patient information in an email unless it's encrypted. Mm-hmm. Well, they've told us, they've given us permission to do that, it, that they, it, they've accepted the risk. And I was like, you still bad, cannot do bad that. Bad idea. Bad idea. You may have a verbal agreement. You, uh, Unless you have a written agreement signed and notarized that... They know. No, forget about it. They're, no, just <laughs> just just don't do it. it. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Yep. Encrypt it. Sincerely. Encrypt it or don't do it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I thought if they gave me permission, it'd be okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. So um, I think we had a little bit of uh, a little bit of feedback that we wanted to cover, and then I think we're ready to uh, roll because it is a nice day outside, and I want to go for a run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then back and drink a grapefruit beer. Yep. <laughs> so what uh, what feedback did we want to cover? Uh, I think you did. You put in the one about Russian girls, or did I? <laughs> well, I think I got it, and then I <laughs> I forwarded it to you. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think this one looks like my contact form from uh, from Paradigm's website. Okay, so you yeah you got it too. I think I got yeah. I got it as well, but I didn't get it. I got it as an email. I didn't get it as a contact form. Oh wow! So this is an effective campaign. I wonder if this is like APT twenty eight or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fancy bear. I mean, because it did come from a dot a mail dot ru email address. Mm-hmm. So so all right. Well, I'll I'll um I'll read the feedback that we got. Call me back! <laughs> Exclamation point. Russian girls. That's Meme. All, that's always yeah. a catcher right there, Russian, gr- Russian right. girls. Russian girls. <laughs> Who doesn't like Russian girls? Name, Gov's Push. Work email, array underscore 96 at mail.ru. My company has 11 to 25 employees. We work in the telecommunications sector. Now, these people had to select these from drop downs, uh-huh. right? These are not default options, right? Description of your needs or a project. Do you need something startup new? <laughs> Look at this page. Only hear the choice of young girls for every unique guy and completely free. They are responsible slaves. They do everything you command. Space, space, exclamation point. <laughs> and then there's a link, which I don't think I'll read over the, yeah, in the yeah. air. Experience. We have extensive experience with the services we need. <laughs> Decision time frame. We are looking to select a provider in the next 30 days. <laughs> yeah. So when you when you put those you know those questions into context, I think it just makes it even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Yeah. That is So funny. spam continues and apparently spam continues to work or they wouldn't be doing it. So they- people just, just stop. They, <laughs> they have to do it. I mean, I mean, it has to work because people yeah. people fall for it. People wouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't have any nifties this time, but I will next time because I have the new Nest, uh, the Nest thermostat. Okay. I'll be sent. I'll be uh, upgrading. It's not the. It's the less expensive one that like only works with ninety percent of all heating systems as opposed to ninety nine percent. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't have some whiz-bang features that I didn't need anyway, mm. uh, that the newer one does. But it does support a remote temperature sensor. And given that I have three floors in my house uh, and only one thermostat, you can imagine that keeping those three floors equalized is not an easy task. Mm-hmm. So, like, right now, that's why I have a window unit upstairs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to get away from that. And I am having new windows put in the house. So soon it won't won't be a matter of leakiness or draftiness. It'll just be a matter of, you know, physics and upstairs, downstairs. Mm -hmm. So the nice part is that it'll do a better job of trying to equalize the temperature, even if it's, uh, you know, say if it's hot upstairs. Because I'll come upstairs and it'll be in the high 80s. And downstairs, it's in the, you know, the mid-60s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's dramatic. You come upstairs, and I start sweating. Whereas downstairs, I was drinking a nice warm cup of coffee, and it felt good. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I recently put in, in the wintertime, I put in a new train unit, and they put in a uh, Nexia uh, thermometer or thermostat. Okay. And 
And it's all right. I mean, it it's it came with the you know it kind of came as the overall package. I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't even put in a smart uh, thermostat. I would have just put in a you know button whatever. But since I got <laughs> it, uh, but it works. It works well, and it's got a lot of features. And then really, once it's set, I don't do anything with it at all anyway. Other than I can control it from my phone, but it's really set, and I don't do anything. I did have one problem though, and it would stop communicating like to the cloud so that you could control it with your phone and i fixed the problem by giving it a static ip address i didn't hmm. i mean i gave it the same information other than in my static section of my ip range okay. at my home uh, but i i'm curious if you have to do that with your with your nest no i never have i've always had them just just be dynamic and I thought I thought maybe it was a DNS issue, uh, but nah. I mean, it wasn't a DNS issue because I've because uh, I've got I've got DNS uh, filtering set yep. up here, so I use Open DNS to protect right. the kids from garbage and that kind of thing. Yep. And I just made those the first DNS servers in my forwarders, and but it seems to be okay. After I did the yep. static, I've never lost uh, I've never lost. Uh, or connection. I did have a similar problem with my lacrosse. Mo I've got some lacrosse monitoring units for measuring okay. temperature. I've got one in my data center at the office. It measures temperature and humidity and sends alerts and things like that. But it stopped working on DHCP and I had to go back and throw a static address at it to keep it working all the time. No real... <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. I mean, clearly poor programming because I called them and they're like, well, yeah, you need to program a static IP. I'm like, why do I need a static IP? I mean, it's on the same network. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get the because same information. Was, because our stuff was poorly written. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I think it's time to take it out. All right. Take it out. Take, take us out. Take, take out the trash. I don't know what I'm talking about. Take out the podcats. What am I talking about? Let's take out the cats. Take, take the podcats out back and, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at blurringthelinespodcast.com. You can leave feedback. If you've got any positive feedback, you can email it to peter at blurringthelines.com. If you've got any criticism and critique, you can send it to adam at blurringthelines.com. Blurringthelinespodcast.com. Thank you. What he said. No, no. If you have critique and stuff, you can send it to Adam at blurringthelines.com. Yeah. He'll get it too. Uh, all right. I think that's all I got. Well, there's only one thing left to do. Let's push that big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.